You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Um, Chase, Brandon, and myself are back whoop, whoop. To, back together. Yep. And Chase, you look a little different today. I know. I'm new and improved Chase yep. 2.0. It's like the bionic Chase? one arm Chase. <laughs> yep. It's great. Okay. You look highly immobile. Uh, yeah, I'm highly <laughs> immobile. Uh, yep. But Sur- surgery went well. Surgery went well. I didn't die. Okay. So yeah. yeah, ended up being quite a bit longer of a surgery than we expected. But because he did, well. he doesn't like when he tears stuff. He just goes all the way. <laughs> yeah. So the doctor thought it was a thirty to forty-five degree tear of my labrum. It was a full three hundred and sixty degree tear. So it's pretty. pretty I don't even know what that means, like, but that sounds it sounds excruciating. God awful. And like, how did you keep an arm on when you tear the three sixty? <laughs> Yeah, doesn't your arm How just your fall arm off? Just, yeah, just, <laughs> just lay in the snow next to you yeah, when that happens. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, still don't understand how all of it works. But yeah, I remember. Well, I don't remember. I was out cold, but this nurse walked out after like an hour and a half because he said surgery would be like an hour, and she's like, "So it's a lot worse than we thought. So it's gonna be a little longer." And it ended up being like over two hours, around two hours, over two hours for the surgery, just because it was a lot more than he expected. But wow. So when can you fixed. snowshoe? Uh, next year <laughs> yeah you're like immobile yeah yeah i i have lots of friends that have had the same injury and they're like oh well after like three to six days you should be able to start swinging your arm back and forth and i called my doctor because i was like still kind of out of it as he was talking to me when he left the hospital and he's like no absolutely nothing for six weeks he's like when you shower it hangs you don't move it you don't do anything. He's like, I don't want any motion of your arm for at least six weeks. He's like, it is so damaged. Like you're gonna need to, to wait. So, <laughs> so we're the first of March. Yeah. Maybe. So this is on for six weeks, and then after that, we'll start physical therapy. Wow. And I've talked to other people, and they said physical therapy is a brutal doozy for this injury. <laughs> so, oh, not oh. super excited. But I was hoping to get some spring skiing in, but we'll see. I don't know. No. April, time, time April late, yeah. April, early May, maybe. Yeah, if if the snowpack's good, yeah. we we'll skiing still in May, we'll June, some, but go up to Seattle and do some summer skiing on Rainier or something. That'd be pretty sweet. So we'll see. But yes, <coughs> currently I have this new cool sling with a pillow cushion underneath it. You know, yeah, a little, a little stress ball hook. Stress to ball, it. yeah, in- integrated stress ball, mm-hmm. pretty nice. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> classy. That is, yeah, I, I also see that it's got some blue highlights here mm-hmm. along the 
that's very aesthetically pleasing. Under, yeah, no, breeze, breeze. All right, low. kids, don't run into trees out there <laughs> skiing. Bad things happen. Yeah, even if you're good. It's really cool. My mom gets to dress me every morning. So if you if you want to build your relationship with your mom, great great opportunity. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when you texted us this morning and you said I'm running a little behind, I my- guess who was the first one here? Yeah, Chase. I know. Yeah. But where was it? You said something about takes a little longer for my mom still has to dress me. Cute, I know, but it just takes a little longer. <laughs> I thought you were just joking. I totally forgot about your arm. No. I didn't realize that you were standing I there texting while your mom was putting your pants on. Yeah, you can't like you got slip on shoes and stuff because you, you can't. I can't tie your shirt. Seatbelt. It's kind of hard. I you can drive though, right? Yeah, I just can with, drive. With your Yesterday was my first day. I've been on those narcotic pain pills, uh, yeah. and I'm glad they wouldn't let me drive because you were I, th- I would think up. I'm good, and then someone would talk to me, and I realized that I couldn't converse. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they'd they'd ask me like a legit question, and I or like an hour later, I wouldn't even remember that they talked to me. So wow. what what? Types of uh, narcotics were you on? Uh, Norco. <laughs> yeah, we left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can talk after. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could. Hyd- hydrocodone, Norco was the main. And now he's just on like regular over the counter stuff, right? Uh, it was prescribed. Now? Oh, now I'm just on, yeah. Just ibuprofen? Ibuprofen and acetaminophen. So. Nice. So my wife had surgery last week too. Oh, and oh she's wow. a surgery show. Yeah, so she was on Percocet. Okay. And uh, I'm not, I'm just wondering, like, I'll, what the street value is for each of these. <laughs> My wife, luckily, we've got a lot left. So if any, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Lucky you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I was, so there's a, um, a lady that I know that, um, that passed away in the last couple of years. And she was hooked on painkillers. Um, she had had a surgery. She had had some chronic pain and stuff, and she got addicted to prescription painkillers. She ended up dying. and don't know exactly what from, but um, but anyway, That's terrible. <clears throat> it's, it's going? terrible. Yeah. So so the where this is going is when my <laughs> w- wife was prescribed Percocet. I told her like. Take take what you need and stuff like that, but get off them as quickly as yeah, possible. Yeah. And so yeah, she took scary. she took some Percocet for two days, and then that was it. And she was done. And she's back on ibuprofen, and yeah. um, and it and it helped her. But and I don't. She didn't act particularly loopy um on Percocet, but um, but anyway, it it definitely helped her. But I could, I don't know. It's scary. Yeah. It's. I definitely didn't feel like. Like, people get addicted to it really easy. And I, once I was off of it, I didn't feel like, wow, I really wish I was still taking that. Yeah. Like it, to me, it wasn't. You're also probably not. I mean, you're in pain, but you're probably not in chronic pain. Yeah. Right? And I, I didn't feel like this is this incredible drug and I can totally disconnect from reality and I'm loopy and it's fun. Like, I don't know. It was, yeah. It, yeah, it I hate that great. feeling, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is I don't know. But everyone, literally everyone that walked through my door that found out I was on an opioid oh my gosh, be so careful, which like, I appreciate. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I, I know. I've been, <laughs> right. I've been warned enough times. Yeah. Like, I appreciate it, but yeah. I'll be okay. 
I don't know. Is Lortab considered a narcotic? I have no I idea. Think so. I, I, I don't take crap. Yeah. I this really is my don't. first time I've been prescribed opioids. Like, yeah. besides <laughs> this, when is I, fu- this is my first time. <laughs> besides <laughs> when I dislocated it, they gave me some to take home. But this is like yeah, my first go around with it. And I understand why it's dangerous, you know. But I, once I was done, I'm done. You know, I don't. Yeah, I've I've never I've only ever taken Lortab when I when I messed my shoulder up and um and then also when I got my wisdom teeth out. And both times I took it, it just totally screwed me up. I think I've mentioned this before. First time I took it, I slept for 36 straight yeah. hours. Yep. Second time I took it, I woke up just puking my guts out all night. And, like a pro uh, tip, don't take Lortab yeah, anymore. Yeah, it doesn't work for me, but uh, my wife has a friend who uh, had many surgeries in a row um, for for various um, uh, infertility things. She had to have a bunch of different surgeries, and so she tried all the different painkillers, and she said Lortab's like the one that doesn't mess her up. So each person it acts, different. acts different. But anyway... We're not actually talking about prescription painkillers on the show. Not that's not the that wasn't the goal eight of the min- show. Eight minutes in, we're good. Right. Yeah, snowshoes. So for the snowshoe next boots. twelve minutes, we're talking about proper footwear for snowshoeing. Um, and I think it's different from what <coughs> what most people think. In other words, um, so this, I think a lot of times you're like, oh, I need a big Sorel boot, a big snow boot. Uh, but for years, I snowshoed in. My Zamberlin, now they're expensive, the 996 Vias, Gore-Tex, all leather hiking boot, but it's also, uh, it has thin slate in it, and it's, so it keeps you nice and warm, and but I finally, I bought them, oh man, it must have been 10 years ago, and I, my shoe size has changed as I've gotten older, so I, I grew out of them, essentially, they, they're still good boots, they could, they would, they're still, uh, they're still tread on them and everything, but uh, anyway, I, I bought these non-leather uh salewa alp trainer mid the mid gore-tex um for for uh, for men for me both men and women waterproof um and i was nervous about them because they're not leather and i thought my feet they're not lined with the thin slate i thought my feet would get cold they only got cold after we were done snowshoeing and we were uh standing around and then sitting in the back of the van with the van door open as we did a podcast and so the it was exposed to like you know wind and stuff and, and but then we I drove to another event in town. Um, oh, actually, I think it was here to do some podcasting and and I noticed like my feet are warm again. So I didn't do anything different. It's just and they were they were never wet, and they were never cold unless I stopped for an extended period of time. And so we get people that who come into our shop. The guy came in yesterday uh, and they're looking for. I need snow boots. Well, I've been wearing these all winter and yep. they're my s- snow boots. Right. Now I do have an, I have multiple insulated snow boots where if you're going to be standing in the cold all day, you need something insulated. But if you're moving, you just need a Gore-Tex waterproof hiker. Right. Yeah. More, you know, and, and they're comfortable. It's a shoe. It's something you're used to hiking long, long distances in. You can strap it into a snowshoe and you're good to go. Right. So I I love this system. I ha- also have a insulated uh, Timberland snow boot, but the way that it and it's a leather, but it's it's really it's not a comfortable boot to walk long distances in. It's a great boot to wear 
around town, maybe to the office. But as soon as I even go grocery shopping or do something where I'm walking a dis- distance a little bit, it's they're not comfortable. Right. But they're warm. So, you know, I'll wear them to like shovel the sidewalk or something. Um, but I don't, I, I tried snowshoeing in them last year and I hated them. Feet were warm, but they were just too bulky. Yeah. Yeah. I've always snowshoed just in waterproof hikers and that's even trail runners, even, you know, like lightweight waterproof trail runners aren't my ideal for hiking because they're so light and soft that you maybe feel the straps of the bindings a little bit more and that's a little less comfortable yeah but as far as staying warm like as long as i'm moving even a waterproof trail runner is enough for me to stay warm see i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have thought that minimal yeah but it's, if it's a waterproof shoe it's a waterproof i mean shoe. as long as i'm use a gator? moving yeah yeah i usually will okay um but even even still even you know normally i don't use a gator when i'm snowshoeing uh in normal hikers i probably would in trail runners just something small but um right right that's same but yeah with like snowshoes because you've got that footprint around your around your foot smushing down the snow you're not getting snow in your boots all the time and stuff um so usually just a pant kind of covering the top of the boots enough so i think a lot of people are familiar with sorrel uh their classic caribou boot it's like the big it's like you think of sorrels it's like they're yeah yeah um that's like you don't need that right. to snowshoe. Most people come in looking for that. They're like, I need this snowshoe boot, and like th- I think in their head that's what they're thinking of. Um, and that's sort of the point of today's show is uh, those are great, and there's, they have a purpose for sure. Uh, I kind of ice fishing, ice fishing, uh, <laughs> shoveling, walks. hanging out at your cabin, right? Uh, going to the uh, a football game, late season football game when it's cold. You're standing there for four hours. Um, events too, like you know, sweaty yeti, which there's not happening this year. But if you're it's working not? the booth there, it's not. Yeah, um, the yeti bash and sweaty yeti both pulled out two different reasons. Uh, for those who are here in in and around Ogden, um, the sweaty yeti is a different the the race manager or producer or whatever is different from the yeti bash but they work together to throw a weekend event you know and he i don't know if he didn't get a permit or whatever but he couldn't do the race and then and then the yeti bash lost a sponsor they traded hands from visit ogden to ogden downtown alliance and because they couldn't do the race the main sponsor pulled out and then so they're like okay we're going Dark is the verbiage for this year, and I'm <laughs> hoping to bring it back next year. But if you're working booths in the cold, you know, like these big, the, the Sorel boot that's right. rated down to negative 30 for, uh, you know, that's what you need. But if you're active, if you're snowshoeing, and you go to your closet, and, it look, and you got a waterproof trail runner, like that and some gators, and you're good. Yeah. And your jeans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. and the only thing I've noticed with like a waterproof trail runner is if it's too light duty, it can be uncomfortable strapping the binding down too tight. So I do like a a slightly more significant waterproof hiker um better, but but I have I have snowshoed in trail runners. The <clears throat> my wife's snowshoes, the Easton snowshoes. I think we've talked about that's them on the the kind we use still. Yeah, for like six, seven years now. The bindings on them are pretty comfortable, and you can kind of get away really with the are. trail runner mm-hmm. on those. <clears throat> the MSR snowshoes with just the normal straps. Um, I find that those are com- really comfortable with boots. 
maybe a little bit less comfortable with a trail runner. Um, but anyway, really just a waterproof shoe. As long as you're moving, you're fine. But if you plan to stand around. You might have been the one that brought these in because you were the buyer. for. But um, the Sorel, they were blue. A blue waterproof boot that we had in the store. Yeah. Uh, Todd wishes he bought four pairs. Because oh, really? he bought. He wears those all the time. All the time. Yeah. On um, there, they don't make them. Sorrel doesn't make them anymore. And they're like a light duty. Hiker. Hi yeah. Uh, yeah, waterproof. Yeah. It's more of an urban. Yeah. Right. It, yeah, it does have more, more of an urban vibe to it. But it's, um, now they sell this like Cayenne, which is. It's that big boot everyone's thinking about, but just trimmed down. So it's a better fit not so bulky um but yeah that boot he snowshoes in that and he uh -huh. wears it to work like every like he walks around campus in that thing yeah and that's an amazing it's an amazing boot i wish they made some i mean there's a lot of sorrells i'm looking at their website but there's a couple that are are water that are stylish but then they go like they either go like straight urban there's yeah, like, like like that like that is a very straight herb and it's like okay cool now i can't wear that snowshoeing there so that one blue one that you brought into the shop a few years ago was a great <laughs> crossover boot where it did have a bit of style to it but you could also be very uh rough with it in the outdoors and chop wood and go snowshoeing and do whatever outdoorsy things you want to do with it and then you could wear it to the office and it's a waterproof that's kind of why i really liked the Zamberlin, which that's a $300 boot, the 996 Viox Gore-Tex. It's so good looking. It's all one color, black. Was it suede leather? Yeah. Leather. Um, and, you know, it's I, I used to wear it everywhere. Every does it daily in the wintertime. And then I, used to, then I used to wear it to mow my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> once, you, once you get like five six years on a boot and you're like okay now it's now it's a lawn mowing boot <laughs> i can hit it with my trimmer and it doesn't matter and, right yeah <laughs> yeah i um those sorel boots so i didn't put the order in for those that was that was back in the uh, in the day when uh damon was around i think damon put in the order for mm. the sorel boots but i heard some good feedback on those blue boots the people that bought them did generally like them so and I think yeah, they had out. I think they used out dry on. Uh, it wasn't Gore-Tex. Those boots. It wasn't mm -hmm. Gore-Tex. It was out dry. But out dry is a cool, a cool technology that, um, yeah, it breathes a little better than your Gore-Tex liner liner in a boot. Because a lot of, like Gore-Tex boots, they'll have a Gore-Tex lining. Mm -hmm. The exterior of the boot will can still get wet and kind of soak through, but it won't get through to your foot. The idea with the out dry technology was the liner, the membrane was on the exterior, mm. um, and so then all the all the stuff on the inside of the boot was protected and supposed to help with breathability and stuff. So it's kind of a cool thing that they had. Oh, should boot. mention socks make all the difference in the world. So no matter what boot you're wearing, throw on a pair of darn tough socks and yep. you'll be good. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yep. So what other? <clears throat> what other tricks or, or keys that have you found for um, for happy, comfortable snowshoeing? Uh, keep moving. Like, so we did this last time we went out, we went out with a photographer and, uh, you know, I'm not a pro skier, so I don't know how to, he, to do, you know, pro skiers, there's a lot of sitting and waiting. Yeah. Uh, and this, the photographer works with pro skiers every day and he was just doing a piece on, on, on local personalities. And so Todd and I were out there and he was shooting it like it was a pro ski situation where you wait for lighting and you wait for, 
you know, terrain to look good or whatever. And the cloud was stuck, like stuck. There, there was no clouds, but you could see sun on Snow Basin. But where we were, we were in cloud, and it was not moving for like 20 minutes. And then you, everything starts to cool down because you pick up a sweat pretty fast when you start hiking. Right. And then if you stop for an extended period of time, so always keeping your bag uh, like a lightweight down jacket or something to put on if should you. Uh, somebody get injured in your party or something happened where you're stalled for a long, you just want to sit down and take a look around and have a, uh, you brought some, so a warm cider to drink or something. And you just, you know, you want to be warm. So always bring an extra jacket. We passed a group of ladies who was come, who were coming up and we went to this, uh, art Nord, this place called art Nord. Um, it's a, uh, it's the end of old snow basin road here in Ogden and come, we started from art Nord and, and hiked sort of down and then we made our own tracks. But, uh, this group of ladies came up and they were all either hold, holding their snowshoes or it was, or they had fastened them to their packs because it had been packed down, which is why we went off trail because it's way more fun to break trail. Um, so, I mean, that's something to keep in mind is, is do you have a way to, if, depending on where you go and around here, a lot of times it doesn't take long for trails to get packed down. Maybe it's just a nice hike day. Right. And you can just take your snowshoes off and, and hike. And so rather than carrying them and one in each hand, if you, you bring a, a carabiner or a Velcro or something, any way to get them attached to your pack, that might be, that might be nice. Um, Vole ski straps. Vole ski sold straps. Sold at gear30.com. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I like poles, although again, uh, sometimes like some trails are only, they're not, you know, you're, you're, they're not deep enough. The trench is not wide enough. And so your ski poles are, it's awkward because the sides of the trench are too high. And so you're, it's really weird. So you're like, well, I don't even, I don't want to use these. I want to put them on my pack, but I love using trekking poles. Oh, so yeah. that's an option for snowshoeing. Um, snacks, always bring snacks. And, uh, our photographer friend who came with us, we did make fun of him a little bit because, uh, again, we used the Easton snowshoes and he snowshoed switch all day. So he put the left on the right and the <laughs> right on the left. And keep in mind this, this, this guy is a very, very good skier, backcountry skier tour. Uh, he still, you could tell he could out hike us even with the snowshoes on the wrong feet and walking very like. <laughs> Like a duck, kind yeah. of, you know, yeah, because uh, they are tapered to right. F- if you wear them, right. If, you, if you're it's not snowshoeing, switch all right. day, yeah. Then he may he he's like, screw it, I'm not. They're on my feet, I'm not taking them off and changing them. So he snowshoed switch all day. <laughs> it's pretty funny, uh, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's a basic sport. It, you don't need any necessarily any skills. So and that's the fun thing about it. It gets you. It's very important mentally in the wintertime to, to go outside and do things. If you can pick a day when the sun's out, that vitamin D hits your face and it's just like, oh, this is, this is summer. I mean, it really can change your, your mindset if you're in a funk in the wintertime. And an easy way to do that is snowshoes. You can rent them from multiple places. Gear 30 rents them. Um, Weber State University Outdoor Program rents them if you're a student. And, you, and it's cheap. And you can go out with friends. It's a social thing. And you can enjoy the outdoors without having to learn a skill and you very minimum most people have what they need to, to go in their closet right um they don't you don't have to go buy a boot but what can you do if you don't have a waterproof shoe i think like honestly a lot of the time when you're going snowshoeing if you're going to north fork or you're going to 
Um, one of the Chelsea Snow Basin, you can get away without a waterproof shoe or boot. It's packed down. It's, I mean, it's safe to go with one that's waterproof, but again, I wouldn't let it, if you pick the right day and you want to get into it and you're not sure if you want to, you want to test the waters, don't go buy a waterproof boot just to go. Maybe put a warm, a good wool sock on. That'll make all the difference, if I think. If you do get wet, it's going to do a better job at heating your, keeping you warm. But pick a day that's trails are going to be packed down and you're not going to be dealing with lots of really cold temperatures and melting snow or new snow and you should be all right it'll get you out there at least yeah if you really are concerned about your feet getting cold or wet throw some old uh <clears throat> bread bags over your feet mm. i'm serious like bread bags over your feet put your socks on put bread bags over your feet put your shoes on there yeah. it's a vapor barrier it'll keep your feet dry you're gonna sweat and but it'll so it won't keep your feet dry necessarily but from the the snow um you'll, your feet will stay plenty warm they'll be stinky and sweaty when you get done but you'll be you'll be warm and and it's not really i mean it's not the ideal situation i'd much rather wear a waterproof boot but uh, i've done that i've done that in my mountaineering boots um when i'm doing a like a multi-day mountaineering like alpine climbing route or something like that where i want to uh keep my boots dry like i don't want to sweat in my boots the first day and then have wet boots the rest of the trip for the next two or three days or something um, i've used uh, they call it a vapor barrier um i've used vapor barrier socks or even bread bags or something to help just keep my boots dry so that they'll stay warm can you for put those over your socks and then put your boot on uh-huh yeah. Yeah, and um, and that's what I do. I I do a sock so or not over the boot, but over the sock. Over the sock. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you could even do like a thin liner sock, then the bread bag, and then try to squeeze the your sock over that. Um, I I just put the plastic bag usually over the over the sock and then put the boot around it. Um, it's like I said, it's not not the ideal situation. They do have they do make vapor barrier socks that you can buy um, that are essentially like a fitted waterproof. You ever tried those neoprene socks? Like, uh huh. I thought they were the worst idea ever. I spent more money than I thought I should at a snowboard shop years ago in warm snowboarding, and I think my feet stayed warm, but I can't remember. I just remember that. I have never smelled anything so bad in my life <laughs> when I took them off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a lot of people who I actually had some waterproof uh, wool socks. Uh, who's the company that made those? I'm trying to remember. There's a. Was it Sealskins that oh, made? Oh, maybe. Um, but there was another company, I think, that made a, a waterproof wool, Deck merino shell? wool sock. Deck shell? I th- that sounds right. Anyway, I liked the socks. They were a little thicker, but I, I liked them, but I didn't use them a whole lot. And a buddy of mine was going on, he was running a 100-mile race, and it was actually the Bear 100 up in Logan and in September, end of September, and a big snowstorm came in. <clears throat> so they were running it in six inches of snow from the, from the go. Good times. And so I gave him those, I gave him those socks to use. And then, and he loved them and he's like, oh, these are awesome. I'd use these all the time. And, 
and I didn't use them all the time. I'd used them like once for an hour or something. I'd owned them for a year. I said, yeah, you can just have them. Um, but that, there are some options. It's interesting like too how you mentioned the the snow and the bear 100. It reminds me that when early season, if you're snowshoeing early season or doing anything in the, you're always colder. But our bodies do tend to adjust through the winter time, and so late January, early February, you're out in those same temps, but now you're like used to it. And it's, and feels yeah, nice. Yeah. Forty degrees feels hot, you know. Right. Or forty degrees in snow in late October is cold. So depending on when you go snowshoeing, you'll probably dress a little bit warmer earlier in the season than you than you do in the fall and that's or in the late late winter but yeah 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 so yeah okay. i today's the or right now is the perfect time though at least in ogden to get out and snowshoe we just had a, a round of storms i don't know how much you guys got uh, snow you got on this side of the mountain no, not much at all but on our side of the mountain we probably got a 15 to 20 inches over the course of that last storm dang yeah, so. I heard it. I heard snow base. It sucks right now. Just so you know, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Dude, don't go. Don't Skiing go. is not even cool. It's <laughs> overrated. <laughs> so I'm sorry about this next comment, Jace. But a neighbor of mine, I was just talking to him last night, and he said the last like three or four days of skiing at Snow Basin have been all he, time. All time. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard the same. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Life goes on, but yeah, it's. Season shaping up. I was a little worried there for a couple weeks. It, I mean, we well, that was the yeah. whole season. These last three, four days was it. That was that was the best <laughs> right. part. And the, it's well, all downhill from there. It, season started great. We started skiing opening day at base when we were skiing powder. You know, um, powder mountain opened earlier than ever, and then we just kind of got this dry spell. Right. But it seems like things are in full swing again. Yeah, back at it. I think mm-hmm. the forecast shows at least uh, three or four days of snow. And oh yeah, oh another storm is coming through. Oh. Um, so it looks Dang. like one day of snow in the next five days, and then four days in a row of snow, according to my phone app, which is um, well, mine's, notoriously mine's unreliable. Yeah, and when it's yeah, no, it should looks be good like next week. Snow basin saying six to ten inches Thursday, Thursday night to Friday morning. Tomorrow. Ooh, so. Yeah. Sweet. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be sweet. All right, well, there you go. That's like snowshoe boots. Get out there. Yeah, yep. And uh, if you need any of your snowshoe accessories, uh, you can check out gear30.com. We have a lot of them. So that's G. Base layers, socks. Uh, we're out of snowshoes. Um, bread bags. We're out of those, too. We're out of those, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so but Kroger. trekking poles, backpacks, day, you know, like, like you said, accessories. Yeah. Socks so are the big deal. I think we're out of snowshoes, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but we still have all the accessories. So, yep. And uh, and then we also have rentals. We and, do rentals, and Weaver yeah. State has rentals, so you can you can check those out. Um, all right, so gear30.com, G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com, and uh, also you can follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero, uh, like us on Facebook, and um, I think that's oh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and leave us a friendly review if you enjoy it and then um, share with your friends thanks and we'll see you on the next episode see you on the next episode